Happy Monday. It is time for Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined as always with my father. How are you today, Dad? Very good, Todd. Very good. Hope you all so, had a happy Easter. We did. We did. Our Easter very. was very low, kind of low key. Um, we uh, did, uh, you know, a celebration Saturday night uh, and spent some time with uh, with vaccinated family. And so we uh, enjoyed the company of uh, uh, Tobin and Aaron, and they brought over their brand new little family members. They they got a couple little kittens that are eight weeks old, and they were very cute. And our dogs were incredibly, incredibly interested in kittens. It was funny though; the two older dogs, you know, they wanted to sniff and they wanted, to, but after a few minutes, they just laid down and went, "Okay, fine. There's these new little things here, and that's no big deal." Yeah. But the youngest dog, Gus just would not let go he wanted to sniff he wanted to be right up there he was he wanted to lick on them he was giving them you know little dog kisses and he just he was completely enthralled by these kittens and has he uh, seen cats before i well he's seen some on walks you know he's seen adult cats but i don't think he's ever been around kittens before and he just Uh. thought those were the coolest things ever and was obsessed with them and it's like our dogs completely ignored them until um uh, when uh, Tobin handed one of the kittens to me, I was sitting on the couch and he handed the kitten to me. And literally the second that he handed me the kitten, then uh, Lincoln jumped off the chair that he was sitting on, you know, in a uh, uh, kind of catty corner for me in the room, came, jumped up onto my lap and sat right there next to me. And it was like, suddenly he was there to, pro- I don't know whether he was jealous or he wanted to protect me or what it was, but it was like, oh no, you don't. So clearly he was paying uh, attention, even though he wasn't right up there on the kittens. But as soon as I held a kitten, he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no. Yeah. Animals are funny uh, that way. They, yeah. they are very protective of their master. and They just don't want something to go wrong. Yeah. And so, boy, he was like on me. And as soon as I handed the kitten back, then he was like, okay, now I can, I can go back, you know, and relax somewhere else. I don't have to be right here. But boy, if I was holding that kitten, he wanted to be right there. Otherwise, he could care less. But the other the other thing about animals that I've noticed is they they all have a really good sense of age. I think they all know that mm-hmm. there are babies, you know, and right. they sort of defer to the to, to the babies because they get a, they can get away with things that bigger or older animals can't. Yeah, you know? they wouldn't tolerate you know that behavior and that that you know accidental scratch or whatever from an adult cat, but from from the babies, it's like okay, well, it's a baby, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was very anyway. pleased. All of our dogs were very f- good with the cats, and to their credit, these were little kittens, and I don't think they've been around dogs much. Um, they didn't react, so the cats weren't like hissing and growling or anything. They were just like, "Okay, you know, there's a big fuzzy animal and it's licking on me." Well, that's kind of what Mama used to do, so we're go- we're cool. <laughs> so, so the cats were fine with it. They they didn't react at all, and I think that helped the situation. The interaction was really good amongst them. So yeah. that was that was. Good to see, because, well, you know, that anyway, that can yeah. be ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a nice night last night with Haley and, and Brian and their mm-hmm. kids, and they had, they invited a family over that have boys the same age as their boys. So Right, yeah. But I know they had friends. only been vaccinated with one, one vaccine. I mean, you know, one shot. They were still waiting for their next one. Uh-huh. But we weren't concerned because both Haley's family and, and Sue and I had both shots so yeah have been vaccinated not right. as concerned yep yeah yeah but, and i know uh, that they're you know if you listen to uh to the you know some of the doctors and stuff they're saying well even if you're vaccinated you need to be careful and you need to 
And it's like, well, what was the point of vaccination if my lifestyle is not going to change at all? Of course, I'm going to be careful, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, hold right. up in a closet hiding from the world. Um, and, and I'm at an age where I don't go out to a bar with 100 people in it that are all strangers and who knows, right. you know, who they've been in touch with. So, right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, to it's, me. It's, that's to me being safe, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's there's limits. You know, people seem to forget that the reason all of this lockdown was occurring was specifically to keep a surge from overwhelming our our medical system's ability to handle the number of people becoming ill. And while yeah. we while we certainly haven't you know defeated the virus at this point, we're not looking at hospitals that are overrun with with sick and dying people right now either. So there's no longer a reason to have the lockdown to the extent that we did. And that's, you know, we need to just get on with it. Um, well, the, the, but, the only possible uh, concern, and that is whether you, and, and that has to do with believability in my, in my way of thinking, because everything has become political these days. And that has to do with the claim, at least, that the, some of these variants of the virus are uh, hitting the young more than the older. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. Well, and I think so there's that's, clearly that's, some statistics that that is the case. So I, you know, I'll accept it until I've proven wrong. But right, I, I, I think wonder. it's, I think it's clearly the case. But I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense that if if most of the older people have started to get vaccines because that's who we were vaccinating first, are now no longer the ones. So then, so exa- then, per- exactly. So exactly. percentage-wise, then now, it's not like there weren't people who were young who were also still getting sick. It's just they weren't as many of them. But now, percentage-wise, their numbers are going up. Not necessarily real numbers, but percentage numbers, because there aren't as many old people getting sick. But, but they have to factor out that, and I don't know how to do that. You know? Yeah, well, the statisticians do, and you need to be real careful at how things are worded in newspapers and also understand that very often the person writing the article in the newspaper isn't a scientist and doesn't really understand statistics. These are not mathematicians either. You know, they, they took English classes to become writers. Well, And so and, and they're, they're of, and, and improperly and stating of, numbers is, is something that's sort of an epidemic amongst newspaper and or news writers for television or wherever. Well, my, my biggest concern is there's a, a, an enormous number of educators and teachers union members that have a very, very strong anti-teaching bias while this whole epidemic's going on. And therefore, I think that we're being influenced by them. There's a strong chance. There, there's a lot of union. Well, I think the issue was, and this is now sort of becoming a non-issue, was that th- there was a lot of push to get back in the classrooms before any of the teachers were vaccinated. And teachers are going like, well, wait a minute. We're saying this it hits older people, but not younger people. The teachers are the older people. Like, why do we have to go back to work when you haven't given us any protections? But that's becoming right. a moot point. That's really becoming right. a moot point. Um, so now yeah. it just becomes, well, you know, at this point, uh, most schools are like 10 weeks from being over. So do you go through the process of getting them back in a classroom, which, let's face it, it's going to cause at least two weeks of disruption while you get kids used to schedules and, and transportation to and from and get all that. You know, it's a, there's going to be a disruption in learning sure. while you're trying to get it all working. And so are you going to give up two weeks of, edu- of, of school to get them back in the classroom for the remaining six to eight weeks? Or are you just saying, you know, at this point, we're this far through it, finish the way we are and start in the fall? And that's really the debate yeah. that's going on, I think, more more than anything else yeah. at this point. You know, now well, some anyway, places they've already started going back, and and you know, I mean, it, 
if you've already started going back, then by all means continue to do so. But uh, yeah, so uh, I I try not to pay much attention to this because we're in a transition period and nobody really knows and understands exactly. You know exactly. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and and people like like uh, Dr. Fauci, I think you know, I think he's well intended, and he but he he presents the the medical side of it. He doesn't look at the larger picture, which is what the other people who we have in politics are supposed to do. Our other leaders are supposed to say, not only are we looking at the medical side, but the the side that affects our economy and the side that affects our society. And, the you know, they have to look at a bigger picture than he does. So he's going to say one thing, but that doesn't mean that's what we're going to do as a whole. We take that into account. It's one piece of information. Um, well, you know, and I'm not I'm just I'm picking him, but the. Back when Trump was in charge and nobody believed Trump, then then everything Fauci said was gospel. Yeah, I mean it's just a matter of politics, right? So yeah, that's all I'm saying is is that that's that's <laughs> the, the the place. Oh, there's still those that try to say that you know he and um, the woman who's in charge of the CDC who you know started crying the other day because you know people aren't listening. Um, she did that yeah. in one of her her interviews. Anyway, we're going way off of tech here, so let's try to get back to something that's going on with tech and what's happening in the tech yeah. world. Um, hey, so no politics Apple, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Apple has discounted their, um, uh, or at least I shouldn't say Apple, but um, you can uh, get a a discount uh, through Amazon right now. You can get it less than list price. The 13 inch M1 MacBook Pro. Is thirteen forty nine. That's down from fourteen ninety nine. It's one hundred fifty dollars off right now. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, you know, for those who who want the 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 pro and want the little touch bar and everything that the pro gives you, um, yeah, that's uh, you know pretty good deal. And that's a half a gig storage space. So it's not the you can get it up to two gig storage space. So you could get more uh, than that. Um, news came out this week, I guess, in some interview, Tim Cook says that he doesn't think he'll be there in 10 years. So, so, which I guess is not, nothing to be surprised at. I mean, the guy's what, he's like late fifties, early sixties, something like that. I think he's yeah. early sixties. So yeah, I mean, I can understand him saying, yeah, I don't well, want to be doing this when I'm in my seventies. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure he's at least 60. I, I don't yeah. know that, but I, I, he's, he's yeah. all gray haired. You know, well, I mean, I know people who were gray-haired in their 30s, so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily yeah, but, turn in. But I think you're right. Just given his the amount of work that he's done and where he's worked in the world, uh, he's exactly 60. He was born in November 1st of 1960, so he'll be 60 this year. Yeah. Or 61 this year, rather. He'll be 61 in November. Yeah. So, um, not yeah. surprising. I re- yeah, I so re- saying I'm surprised. not going to be doing Except this when that. I'm 70, I mean, that that's reasonable, right? <laughs> you know? No, I, I, no, I don't even I know why that was really news. Com- I, I was just going to make the comment that I retired at age 60. So I guess he just can't quite afford to do it that early. I, I, yeah, know. he's probably struggling, you know. <laughs> it must be a, it's t- must be a dollar cents issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's tough to get by when you're, you know, when you're only getting a couple billion dollars uh, uh, bonuses every year, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. And I don't know. That's how much he makes. He doesn't make a couple billion dollars. But, I mean, his stock, he's, his own stock. I mean, yeah, the guy's not hurting. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. To tell me that a guy who's who's going to be 70 is saying, I will probably be retired before I'm 70 is like, huh? Why Why are we talking about that? Of course. You know, that seems obvious. Right. So. Yeah. So uh, Apple's apparently adjusted the trade-in value on a number of its products. So if you like to trade in your device in order to upgrade to a new one. um 
uh-huh. uh, and they always set a price for them. Well, apparently they have um, uh, updated its trade-in prices and uh, made some changes just over this weekend. Um, so the value went uh, went up uh, $45 for an iPad Pro, uh, and a MacBook Air also went up a little bit. Oh, no, MacBook Air went down a little bit. So this is them looking at what the value of stuff is. So um, mm. let's see. The uh, iMac Pro and the uh, discontinued Intel um, uh, MacBook have both went down a little bit, which, you know, that makes sense. The value of the Intel-based stuff when they've got new stuff on the uh, on the horizon or, or already released means that the older stuff is not worth as much. There's less of a resale value. Um, hmm. So. Yeah. This is interesting, too. Well, uh, L- LG is a pretty big... Oh, go ahead. Make your comment. Well, I, w- I was just wondering what they do with some of this older stuff. Just refurb it and sell it? Is there a market I think some there of it's, that's worth I think, Yeah, I think some of it's refurbished and sold. That. And quite honestly, I think they actually sell it in the market to somebody else to refurbish and sell. I don't think Apple even bothers with that. Um, unless it's something that they're going to recycle if it's something they don't think there's a resale value to or they don't know they there is no resale value to then they tear it down and recycle what they can you know remember a few years back at one of their shows they they showed us the the robot that disassembled iphones and pulled out things that they could reuse or 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 recycle yeah well uh, you know just just uh just the gold plating on some uh connectors used to be a gold mine until and and it was a closely held secret by lots of companies for a long time and in order to get mm-hmm. reliability and any if you have very much you know many in, interconnects in your product uh yeah you really have to put some kind of plating on those things you know mm-hmm. uh, so uh that that can be uh, a big part of the business at least it used to yeah. be in the computer world because it used to be loaded with connectors that was the you know, especially when you had replaceable cards and all that. Yeah. That's Nowadays, App- they've, they've Apple just to keep their costs down. They went to systems that didn't require. You know, you didn't have replaceable things. None, none of this. Right. Slide in, slide out, and pressure on contacts. You know. Yeah, that's part of that push that I think a lot of people didn't realize is that cuts down on cost because you don't have to make all these interconnects. And like you said, a lot of those used to be gold-plated for longevity. And if you didn't do that, then your device wasn't as reliable, and that's not something that they would find acceptable in their engineering constraints. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so... Well, um, that that was... Uh, in, in the reliability world back when I was still working, the uh, connectors... Was was always the leading problem for reliability. Always, right? You couldn't. I mean, it was so much, so far out ahead of everything else in terms of failures that you, you didn't even almost, almost nothing else mattered. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's largely why. Well, unless you unless you built the Apple keyboard, right? The butterfly keyboard. Right. That was the big failure point. <laughs> but um, but you know that's why also in a lot of their laptops they did away with like you know the ability to add you you know older ones you could take them apart and you could add memory to them and and. Uh, and uh you know swap in your own hard drives and stuff and they're like you know that stuff's all soldered in now so that it's much more reliable um and you know and that's that's largely it is the reliability they just you know it's like buy what you want up front and uh and then it'll we'll we'll make sure it lasts you a long time um i wonder too though you know in in a lot of those chips and i don't know if there's any way to to recoup it but they might have some way of chemically 
recouping some of those rare earth elements that are in some of those chips too, um, to lessen the need, you know, and, and they, again, they probably break things apart and then farm different parts out to companies to then recycle and get from what they, you know, what they can. And then, uh, yeah. you know, because they, they do try to be green. I believe that there's much to recover at that level. I, I just, uh, Right, but at the volume, it's, they maybe you know it's not it's not the amount per device, but it's the you know the number of devices that they recycle over a period of time. Yeah, but so. you know things change, and I've been away from that too long to know whether there's yeah any work going on. There. Yeah, I don't know. I and I honestly I don't remember the details when they showed us that disassembly robot as to what you know how much of that is actually being broken down and reused. I mean, you know, the, just the like you said the the. The obvious stuff is like the any kind of gold connectors, but also you know they can they can you know melt down the glass and make you know and make recycled glass. They've got aluminum cases that can be melted down and recycled into you know new aluminum products. Um, I mean, there's oh, a lot of pieces oh, that can yeah. be reused. You know, and it's not like Apple has a smelting factory or anything, but they you know they separate everything and then ship it out to the whomever will pay for the the raw material to recycle, right? Uh, right. You know, that, so that's they, a business. They that's some a costs. entirely, totally uh, separate business that uh, you have to understand the, the the ins and outs of it. And right. uh, you know, there, it's it, probably in most systems there's a small percentage of recoverables, and I'm saying less than fifty percent. Oh yeah. You know, in terms of. You yeah, know. they get what they can, and they usually pick the low-hanging fruit, right? The things that are easiest to recycle, they do. The things that are hard, the expense of getting it is not worth the value of what you're getting, so they don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. So, Well, there's somebody I, who's decided to throw in the towel completely. Um, I started to say a little earlier, you know, LG makes televisions, and pretty good televisions, in fact, and, uh, you know, washing machines and, and appliances. <laughs> And they've also been one of the leading Android phone manufacturers. I mean, they've always been right up there with uh, Samsung in terms of the quality of their phones, but they just not have sold very many. And as more and more of the Chinese companies have gone online, like Huawei and, and um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the other one. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, are uh, they, they've been struggling. And so LG has announced uh, apparently today, this morning, um, that uh, they are going to shut down their smartphone division. LG is getting out of smartphones. Oh, really? Yep. They've said just that there's you know, <clears throat> strategic decision to get out of what's an incredibly competitive mobile phone sector and allow them to focus on uh, growth areas such as electrical, electronic vehicle components, connected devices, smart homes, robotics, uh, artificial intelligence, B2B solutions, as well as platforms and services. So, and a lot of people don't realize, but LG also is a major manufacturer of parts that they supply to other people. Um, at uh, I don't know about the current lineup, but at different times, LG has supplied um, screens to Apple for Apple phones and devices, and uh, um, and so you know they they it's not like they're not still involved in it because they make parts and pieces that get used in phones. They're just not going to make their own branded phones anymore. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, technology's uh, getting so specialized these days that uh, <clears throat> it's it's tough to build a moat around what you do too, because uh, uh, 
it's it's all out there. It's just a matter of somebody else want to think they can run a, a, a more efficient factory. Right. Know? Yeah. Well, especially when it comes down to the commodity items, like a lot of the Android phones are. You know, I mean, iPhones can say, hey, we differentiate. It's a different operating system. They function differently. And there is no competitor because we don't share our operating system. Android, anybody who can make a phone can slap Android on it. And so yeah. the actual user experience isn't that different. So then it's like, well, you know, who can put what on the phone? You know, how many features can you throw into the phone and how, how efficiently can you make it? And, and can you do that and make, you know, make a buck? And, uh, you know, if you're not making money at it, then you've got to ask yourself, why are we doing this? Why are we, you know, is this a, is this a, 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 a marketing thing for us? Are we causing, we're writing this off as a marketing cost because it gets our name out there? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you've got to justify in, it. In fact, the, the other thing that's happened, I believe, Todd, is that Apple was, was one, I won't say the only, but a, a significant contributor to this business of saying, there's certain sectors that we that you can operate in, and it's the uh, the understanding and design sector that really has the most sway in terms of comp- competition, and it's the hardest to compete with because you got to buy smart people. You know, uh, manufacturing on the is just at the other end of the spectrum in terms of getting things done. It's very labor intensive intensive and therefore that's what drove them to China absolutely a hundred percent oh yeah you know uh, and but only because of political reasons they may have to sway to uh, uh, you know a bit more onshore but I don't think it's ever really going to come back to the United States they're going well you can't even say come India, back because it never really was you know the electronics manufacturing well, has never been in the United States in any large sense that that that's right, but but you know the political. No, they're economically they moving. They're the they're moving production facilities. They have production facilities, and they're expanding them in places like India and Taiwan. Um, yeah. Uh, but my concern well, about they're, Taiwan they're, is how long will Taiwan remain independent with a very aggressive China, who's never admitted that Taiwan is a separate country. Yeah. You know the I, the, I, the way I, it the way it could the way it could come back is if you do it robotically. Okay, so that now robots do the things that the humans did. Right. Okay, and there's there's a lot of that that can happen, but whether it's enough or not, I don't know. For example, Tesla, as a company, has has done more in the automotive arena in automotive uh, robotics than just about anybody. Their yeah, but have you also read that that a lot of that. A lot of that was initial plans, and they had to back off of a lot of it. They've got a lot of people working on the line that originally was supposed to be automated, and they weren't able to make it work efficiently and correctly, and so they replaced it with a lot of people. That, that's right. They ran into some troubles, but they're yeah, still they were, more automated than, than a lot of them. They are. You know? They are. You know, so, they're they're taking so, advantage so, of more modern stuff, whereas you know the the big big auto manufacturers are shutting. We're shutting down factories instead of investing in modern factories. You know. <laughs> as, as over the last yeah. uh, couple decades, yeah. But you know that the key to all of the the business from the business world is is dollars and cents. You know, and and the accountants can figure out where where your dollars are going, and what and tell you what options you have to to uh, to to solve yeah. the problem and make 
be more efficient. It's all about efficiency. Right. Well, and in companies like uh, Apple, too, you know, they know internally which things, which projects they're doing are making money and which ones are costing money. And they make the decision as to whether or not to continue to pursue things that are costing them money, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. And certainly they've got enough cash they can afford to do that with certain product lines until because they believe that if they flesh it out, it will become profitable somewhere down the line. Um, we just see the bottom line and, you know, in some major broad categories, um, you know, and that's right. true of every company. Right. You know, you don't actually see the details of what they're doing. But you're absolutely right. They break it down very granularly and say, you know, hey, this is what we're making and this is how much we make per per device. And they they know all that stuff, uh, you know, because because good accountants keep track of all that. So so they can make decisions that are in the best interest of the company overall. Um, right. And some sometimes what looks on the surface of it to be an odd choice, you know, when you if you had all the info, you might see that it was an obvious choice. But. Um, but you know, we seldom have all the info from the outside looking in. That's right. That's true. So, yeah. Anyway, um, by the way, uh, speaking of, uh, sort of almost new technology, I, I, just before I, we started this show, I went on and was looking, listening to that piano player that you sent me a Facebook, uh, video. Uh, John Cleary. And Cleary. And, and I was noticing all the other things that are on there. There's people doing fashion shows and, and oh, yeah. uh, church, church services and uh, you, you name it. I mean, there's just all kinds of videos. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's but YouTube. What's, <laughs> but, what's, but, but what's neat is that unlike YouTube, Facebook has got the feedback. So that uh-huh. they, they, while, he, while he's performing, uh, his wife or somebody else that's uh, part of his production is sitting there reading to him uh, messages from requests or whatever from uh, that's available on on youtube video. too that's available on youtube too so if you go to now it's not on all the videos Comments, you can just yeah. post a video but you, they you through youtube you can do a live stream and when you do a live stream you can you can you can have a a forum that people can post live questions to and give you and you can answer and give them feedback so you can do that both of those function that way um, yeah. And in fact, I think YouTube did it before Facebook did it. Facebook did it as a way to to add competition. You know, they do the live streaming. So YouTube's yeah. been at, been well, doing it for quite a while. Apple has yeah. always had that feature with podcasts too. There's video podcasts. I don't know why it didn't take off, but yeah. But uh, well, and know, th- there are a lot of more radio than video. Yeah, I, I there are are several of the podcasts that I listen to regularly. There is a video feed. I just usually listen to them while I'm like driving my car, and so I don't want to watch the video. And more often than not, most of them, because they're not like professionally produced, um, or they're professional, but they're not. You know, the the video is essentially just talking heads. You know, it's like yeah. the Saturday morning or the Sunday morning news shows. It's just some dude right. sitting there talking, and and so you kind of go, well, that's not particularly interesting. I know what he looks like, so I'll just listen. Uh, yeah. But, but, but even I know performers there are some are like that. Yeah. While I was sitting there listening to his movies because the uh-huh. Van Gogh thing was on, I've been fascinated by that, and so I was looking mm-hmm. at Van Gogh's pictures online in the gallery right. uh, website on the same app. They were both in in, in Facebook on my. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not in Facebook. In uh, yeah, in uh, the browser, I had yeah. both on, on on browser channels or tabs. Uh-huh. And so I could switch back and forth. Uh, yeah, uh, 
I learned some interesting things about Facebook. It, I, I also, when I started it, I put the piano guy up on the TV. Yeah. Which means that, you know, it's a, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, Your air, air, um, airplay, I guess. Airplay, airplay two is the, the technology to get it up to the, to the screen, the screen casting. Yeah. Anyway, I had full screen, but then Mm -hmm. suddenly one, I did something and it, it put this picture alongside all of the people that are, you know, sending text messages to the back and forth. Right. And, And I had a little difficulty getting out of that. It wanted it preferred to show me that, and I said, "Well, when it's on TV, I don't want that. I want a picture." Yeah, I don't want to see all the the crap streaming along on the side. Yeah, you just want to see the show. Yeah, just as right. an FYI too for people who are listening, what we're talking about is the Quarantini Happy Hour by John Cleary, and he talks a little bit, answers questions, and then he plays songs on the piano, ostensibly from his house, it looks like, or his music room or whatever. And he is an Englishman who has relocated to New Orleans, and he uh, plays funk, jazz, and uh, and blues, and has kind of a gravelly voice and writes his own music. His current band that he was touring with prior to the uh, shutdown was uh, John Cleary and the Absolute Monster Gentleman. And uh, the Quarantini Happy Hour was streamed on both YouTube and Facebook video. And I shared some links with you on the to the Facebook one, and then I also shared a um, a full live show that he played at uh, Big Rivers Festival uh, with with his band, and then lastly a uh, a little live set for one song which I really like called "When You Get Back." I don't know if you listened to that last one. That's probably my. It's just you know if you're picking one song, I really like that song, and he's got a super talented uh, band that was basically there's they're they're a quartet. Um, so he's got him on the keyboards, a drummer, a bass player, and a guitar player, and they're all just really strong instrumentalists, and, and they actually sing pretty good, too, when they all do their harmonies, and uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. And uh, yeah. what what got me on it is I actually saw a T-shirt that you were uh, was available, and it was um, uh, John Cleary's 2020 Quarantini Tour. And then on the back, it lists all these big cities, and it says, you know, uh, Live shows streaming too, and then it lists all the cities. <laughs> and of course, when ah. you're streaming, you're streaming everywhere simultaneously. It was just kind of a play on a lot of those, um, like concert tour T-shirts, you know, that you could get and yeah. say, "Here's here's where we were playing during this, you know, the 1984 concert tour, summer tour, or whatever." And uh, and so he just made up a concert tour T-shirt, and, and it's you know, it's all efforts to try to uh, create some revenue streams because he can't play live. And that's what most working musicians do to make money these days. You know, even if you have albums out, you don't make much money from selling music because everybody streams their music these days and they get pennies on that, you know. So that's not enough for them to live off of. And so he's making an effort to try to try to create a revenue stream during quarantine. Whoops, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I recorded a Facebook show on Easter and mm-hmm. I was trying to remember her name uh she did a great she does uh, all uh, uh hymns uh for her easter show and it's on a new album that she's put out and the band recorded it or uh, all in ryman auditorium and that's where this show was it was act- the uh-huh. actual recording and it was fascinating okay uh, you still haven't told uh, us who her is what's her name you don't know it yet no, I'm just trying to bring this up on my computer here, and it doesn't uh-huh. want to pop up. 
I'm having all kinds of problems with this computer today. I double yeah. click and it's just. Yeah, you probably oh, oh, have no, a bad key. No, 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 no. What it tells me is it's, it's a system problem. No available windows. And I think I know what the issue is. Let me describe what happened while I was trying to record it. I ran yeah. out of storage space about 30 uh. minutes into an hour show. It quit that, and I hadn't realized it, but what it was doing at that point, instead, when the Facebook uh, recording quit, it immediately mm -hmm. went back and started playing what I had recorded. And I suddenly uh. looked at this thing, and I says, holy cow, she sang that earlier. Why is she doing it again? And gotcha. then I realized, oh, it's not recording anymore. Yeah. So I went back to well, try to record from there on, and it told me then there's no memory. Right. You know? that's, that's, so that's, why my, that's a major that's issue. Why my, that's why my computer right now is all messed up because right. there's no available windows. That means there's no space. In yeah, the no storage space, no, no, nothing to work with. And computers so, notoriously do not work well when you start <laughs> getting close, not even if you do, but if you get close to filling them up, they, they start gagging and sputtering and having, yeah, you got to do some house cleaning. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to go in and move stuff off on a disc or something. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be interesting. It, it's awful. It's awfully difficult sometimes to get out of these messes because everything yeah. you try to do needs some storage space in order to do it. Right. And especially at the starting, you nothing seems to work. So right. I'm going to have to have to mess with it. I'm I'm glad I turned this on. I wish I could think of her name. This the, the blonde gal from Oklahoma that won the talent show and she did a, 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 a duet with. Uh, Vince Gill, uh, one of her gospel songs some time back, and it was such a hit. It was one of the, the mm -hmm. biggest YouTube replays uh, ever, I think. Uh, the two of them had performed, I think, at the Ryman sometime in the past. But anyway, she did this, this whole album of gospel songs, and it was really good, and I was disappointed <laughs> I only got half of it, <laughs> and, uh, and it quit on me. Uh, but now at least I know the problem and know why we had trouble starting uh, to try to run Skype on the computer mm -hmm. before in order Carrie to Underwood, do this who you're thinking of today. That's the one, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, anyway, it was the first time that I had ever really tried to do a video recording of live streaming, and uh, mm -hmm. it it worked okay, except that I didn't come in and set up before she actually started the show. So I missed a, a little of the first song before I actually got on the recording. And then of course, 30 minutes in and it's, uh, it's <laughs> replaying that part and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now I know what kind of a problem I've got to solve first. I feel, yep. I feel bad about that, you know, but nevertheless, I was kind of, I, I was I've been close for a long time and apparently uh, I sort of figured out that it was it was streaming this stuff and putting it up in the cloud you know because I have cloud service on a lot on this thing and uh, mm -hmm. just about everything you do when you save a file I mean it still leaves a reference down here but it's up in the cloud so I've got a yeah. whole computer full of links to the cloud and, yeah, uh, well, and there's issues with that, too. You're, you're basically downloading something that you're streaming, and then you're trying to upload it to the cloud. So you've got stuff going both ways, and that can cause some, some hinky things to happen as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, 
I think I've run into a block at the clouds somewhere. <laughs> I didn't know how long this could go on, you know. But it, it, it's been a remarkable amount of time. I mean, it's been, it seems like it's been a year at least before that I knew that uh, there wasn't much space left in the computer. But apparently I finally reached mm -hmm. the, the limits somehow. That, that's, that's the problem with having cloud backup is you really qu don't quite know in, in real time how, what the state of your machine is, you know, because it's, yeah. it's an automatic kind of thing. It, it takes stuff and moves it when it can. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not really managing your memory. You've got automatic management, you know? Yeah. Well, and you say space, you, you're talking storage. We should use the term storage, storage. and memory separately because otherwise yeah. people get confused. Right. So um, I will tell you that if you go, if you can, again, depending on how well it's running, if you go to the Apple and under About This Mac, there's a yeah. storage tab, and it'll tell you how much space is available, and there's also a button that says Manage. And when you click on Manage, uh, you can go in and, uh, you know, tell it to save space auto automatically by removing any... Uh, TV shows or movies that you've downloaded and already watched. You can um, uh, review files. You can tell it to specifically put things in the cloud. You can also set up to automatically uh, delete um, or things out of your trash can if you haven't emptied your trash can. Um, there, it, it, you can click on any category, and it will list all of your files by size. So you can see what the biggest ones are. Like you can click on your documents, and it'll show all your documents listed by size. So you can go in and delete something if you want to, you know. And so, yeah. like, like I'm looking at this, and I have a um, a Lightroom library file. That you, Lightroom is a video editing software that's 19 gigabytes in size. I could get back 19 gigabytes by deleting that, but then of course, Lightroom wouldn't work, and all my videos, or all my you know photos would be gone. But so I'm not yeah. going to do that. You know, I've got a bunch of uh, videos here that are um, uh, like. Uh, Eddie Reese videos. He's a swim coach, and they're instructional videos on how to coach a stroke. So there's backstroke by Eddie Reese, breaststroke by Eddie Reese. Each of those are two, two and a half gigabytes. And just looking at it here, ironically, I find out that I have like three or four copies of each. So I've got them in multiple places on my hard drive. So I apparently have them in a folder that I then copied sometime. And so I could go and delete the you know extra editions of those and save up. A bunch of space now i'm not anywhere near filling my hard drive on this system so it's no big deal to me but it just it's a quick and easy way to see what you've got and how to delete it yeah 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 i'm aware of a lot of those the first thing i always do is empty the trash can that's the easy right you know, but i'm saying this is built in into the operating system there. right yeah exactly but this is built into the operating system, so you don't have to buy any special app or anything. It allows you to, like I can click and see, like my, my applications folder has 53 gigabytes worth of stuff in it. I can go in there and look and see what I've got. And like I still have the installer for macOS Mojave on my hard drive, and it's 6 gigabytes. And I have two copies of it. Uh, you know, And you look yeah. at that and you go, well, I can get rid of both of those and get back 12 gigabytes of space. Um you know, you can scroll in there and say, hey, here's some stuff I downloaded and I never use it. I just looked at it once or twice. And it, it's just a quick and easy way to see all that stuff. And it's built into the operating system, so you don't have to pay anything for it. You just go to about your uh, to the Apple About This Mac and then click on the Storage tab. And then if you click on Manage, 
it'll then give you all the details and you can sort it every which way you want and look at it and you can delete it from right right from there so it's like a special finder yep. window that allows you to sort and delete and clean up yeah that's one of the things i like about apple is it makes it real real easy to do a lot of these things uh as long as you can got a way to get started and as i said uh, my my first number one approach is empty the trash can you know, and it just holds that oh, temporarily anyway. Right. It knows it's that the you perfect, deleted it. So. Right. That's the perfect start, though. You're right. It's just dump the trash. Usually, and if you're like me, you can get quite a bit back. Although, I have this weird habit of almost every time that I'm done using my computer, I look at the trash can, and if there's anything in there, I delete it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't leave things in my trash can very much. I. It's funny. I sit down and look at, uh, at uh, Elaine's laptop. And not only is the trash can always full, she never deletes it. Um, I think I, I, I think the last time I was on it, I actually set it up so that it would automatically need any, delete anything that's more than 30 days old. So that now sort of at least well, that, self-cleans yeah, a little I was, bit. Yeah, I was going to say, there is that automatic feature so that if you don't, yeah. you know, it doesn't hang yeah. on to it forever. Right. And I think I turned that on for her. And then uh, the other thing that she does, and part of it's just out of need, but... She will leave things running forever. She never restarts her computer unless I go in and restart it. And every once in a while, that just needs to happen. But she also has, I, I kid you not, uh, 100 tabs open in her browser. And and very often, they're the same <laughs> one. She'll go back, and uh, and instead of trying yeah. to find the tab that was open before, she just goes and opens a tab to that right. website again. So she'll have, you know, of the 100, 20 of them will be to the same website. You know? Um, <laughs> And yeah. and I just yeah. shake my head at the way you know, but she just, she uses the computer the way she uses it, and you know, and and honestly, yeah. it handles it quite gracefully most of the time. But uh, whenever she does have a problem, I sit down and start immediately closing tabs, shutting down stuff you're not using. You know, the the tr- the twelve instances of Microsoft Word that you have running. You know, it's like, you know, how many of those documents are you actually working on? One. Right. What was that other one there? Oh, I was doing that last week. Well, why didn't you close it? I don't know. I just opened a new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, no wonder the poor thing's, yeah. you know, having trouble. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I got one of those wives too. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, it's, it's funny though. I, it, I, I say that, but it's funny. I have sat behind somebody who is every bit as well informed as I am about how to use a computer. And you sit behind them and watch them work the keyboard while they're doing something, or they're launching apps or closing apps or doing. And everybody has a different way of doing it. Sometimes I'll watch them oh, yeah. and I'll go like, "Well, why'd you do it that way? Why didn't you just do this?" And they go, "Oh, I didn't know about that." Or I'll see them do something and go, "Oh, wait a minute, what did you do? How'd you do that?" You know, and it's like because I usually go click here and then do this and then that. And he's, "Oh, if you just hold down the command key and hit this letter, boom, that pops right up." And I'm like, "Oh, but <laughs> you know, but 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 you and I both remember when we were." Uh, starting out with this stuff, how you, you'd read something somewhere and say, oh, there's a neat way to do that that saves me a lot of work. And so you changed what you were doing. And so gradually yeah. you built in these habits of doing things in a in the most efficient way that you had found. Right. Uh, and and unless, unless people were to go to training classes, uh, mm-hmm. They're never going to get that because they're not re- they're not techy enough to go read it in a book, you know. And right? Find yeah, a and they way. don't. Yeah, they don't care as long as they they have a way to do it. And all they want is one way. They're not necessarily right. interested That's in it. a faster or a better way. They just want a way. Yep. Whereas we're just interested in how computers work. So it's like, oh, interesting. This is a cool way to do this. You know, you can do this differently. I look for other yep. ways to do things just because it, it's fun to do. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
By the way, if, if you haven't done it, those who are listening, um, one of the options is if you have enough storage in iCloud and you can get, I think for 99 cents a month, you can get a, uh, uh, over a gigabyte of additional storage. Um, you, you can set your, uh, Mac up so that everything that every document that's on your documents and on your desktop are in the cloud. So they're all backed up. Now, what's nice about that too is, is that if there are some documents that you haven't touched in quite a long time, they'll leave a, a, a little hook to where it is in the cloud, but it is, it won't actually be on your device anymore. They'll automatically free up space for you in the background, uh, by Mm -hmm. keeping the original up in the cloud and uh, yeah, here it is. Fifty gigabytes, fifty gigabytes of storage, for ninety-nine cents. And you know, if you have a gigabyte hard drive, that means you can have fifty copies of your entire hard drive up there. Um, and so, a lot of people who have you know those iMacs that are the uh, MacBook Airs that had you know one hundred and twenty-eight or two hundred fifty-six uh, gig of memory, for ninety-nine cents, for twelve dollars yeah. a year, you can keep more more you can have more photos on your system than actually even fit on your system because all of the photos are actually full size up in the cloud and on your device they just put like a little 75 dpi one that you can look at and if you want to edit it it takes a second for it to download when you're on wi-fi um and then you can edit it or crop it or do whatever you want um and if you're using the photos app those those are non uh non-permanent adjustments that you're making so when you when you crop something, the entire photo still exists in in photos. All they did was they said, "Oh, you want to crop it, so I'll just show you the part that you said you wanted to see, even though the rest of it is all still there." Same thing for any like yeah. color adjustments or anything. So the original remains almost like a negative, but you can go in and crop it and make it look more aesthetically pleasing for yourself. Um, but yeah. that whole yeah. idea of um, of moving stuff from the desktop to the cloud, I actually have that on all my machines. So if I save something on, on my desktop machine later on, I can either from my phone, my iPad, from my laptop, I can go get that file. If I'm out somewhere and go, Oh, I need that file. I was working on because it's all by back the way, up to the cloud. By the, by, by the way, one of the things that I, I don't think people are really aware of is live photos are actually little videos and therefore they take mm-hmm. up a lot more storage so unless there's a reason for a photo to be live, you should really probably consider, you know, converting that just to the image. Uh, and uh, and that's because, well, I, I think as part, it was part of Apple's strategy when they're s- selling you cloud storage, they want you to have big files. So it's, it seems nice to have live storage, and, and it is uh, in a lot of cases. For example, one time... Here's, here's a kind of a unique example. I was going along a road, and there were signs every so often of a, of a certain uh, mm-hmm. event. It was in California It was uh, that we were driving down the road. And I would try to snap a picture of the sign. Well, without live photos, I would never have gotten a decent picture. But with live right. photos, af- after you take a picture, you can... Go. You can put your finger on it and watch it go by, and when, then when you edit it, you can actually pick where in that live photo you want to be the solid image. And I would pick it where that sign appeared in the in the picture. You know. Yeah. You could do that. And, There's also the option of when you take a picture, you just push on the the photo button and hold it down, and it'll take a whole bunch of series of photos in sequence, 
and then you can pick the one you want and delete the rest of them. Just as an That's FYI, true. the general difference is that a live photo takes up roughly twice the space of the normal 12 pixel photo or 12 megapixel photos that an iPhone uh, takes. So modern iPhones, the, the, they're 12, 12 megapixel images, and, uh, and the live photo doubles that, essentially, in order to give you that, that little motion uh, that you have around it, which sometimes is great. Um, sometimes it's not what you want. Or, or like you said, you don't need it, so you might as well delete it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I also like it for things that, uh, like flowing water or waterfalls or something, it makes the photo come alive. So that yeah. you can turn it on in what they call a loop manner, and it just right. repeats it. But if it's yeah. often very it's like a little animated just, GIF. Yeah. So there there are cool uses for it, uh, and you can have it have a train go back and forth. So it's just mm-hmm. you know, there's different kinds of motion that you that you can sure. use those frames for. But right. uh, anyway, the 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 one that you talked about where you hold the button down. I've had that happen accidentally a lot of times, and it's referred to as burst. And right. so you can edit burst pictures as well, and those do take up a lot more. Yeah, well, you're... each picture takes up, each one of those burst photos is 12 megapixels. So if you do 10 of them, then you've got 120 megapixels. Right. Um, and, and, and now, it, they, are, long, they are higher quality than grabbing a... a still out of out of the live photo so just depends on what you're trying to do and what you want to do with the end end result uh for those who are interested if you have a live photo and you want to convert it to a single image a still photo to do so you open up the photos app and then you tap on the share icon which is the little box with an arrow and one of the options under there is duplicate you tap on duplicate and then you'll have an option to do to just just regular duplicate or duplicate as a still photo and then you can delete the live version after you've duplicated it as a still photo. And so that way you can cut the size of storage requirements in half by doing that. Um, By the way, if the timing uh, 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 tag on that particular photo is important to you, uh, that duplicate uh, puts the current time on it, not the actual So if you don't do it right after you take the photo, then, you know, yeah, if you go back and edit later, then the, the, the time of the, the creation of that file is what that time is that's built into the into the um, uh, photo metadata. Yeah, now now that's editable as well, but it's tough to go back and put it back to the original time. It's not yeah. as easy. Yeah, if you know what it is. And, and I don't think any of the built-in um, uh, apps on the iPhone allow you to do that. You have to download an app that allows you to to uh, edit the the uh, photo data, and uh, right. you know there are there are some of those out there. I actually keep one on um, on uh, my devices because I like looking at that. I use one called uh, uh, Meta X, and it uh, allows you to see the the all of the um, uh, metadata built in and you can size how many pixels, what your DPI is, the, the color depth, uh, the device it was taken on, the ISO, the exposure time, um, you know, the, the focal length and yeah. the, uh, and the aperture, Met- metadata, all that. Met- 
met metadata is a good general purpose term for any file that has appended data to it. Uh, right. But there was uh, there is a specific standard also that it's referred to by some, uh, yeah. at some time, and I can't recall what it's called. Yeah, EXIF, EXIF data. It's, uh, ex That's it, EXIF. Yeah, yeah, external image something something. I can't remember that what it stands for, but it's um, uh, that's specifically for photographs. And if your device, like a phone, if you take it from a regular camera, you're not going to get that. But if you take it from a phone, they have built-in, um, I mean, let me rephrase, you will get metadata. If you take it from a phone, that metadata will include uh, geolocation as to where the, where the photo was taken because it has a GPS chip built into it. Most cameras do not have that. And so if you want to be able to you know, tag the location where the photo was taken, uh, phone photos give you a little bit more information. Uh, cameras now, do sometimes have time tags, though, don't they? Almost always, they will have a time time tag. Uh, they'll have all the specific information about how the photo was exposed and what the lens right. and camera uh, were, and all settings. that information, uh, and all the settings. But what they don't generally have is the geo tag. Although uh, a lot of cameras now have that or have it as an option, so you can you can uh, attach a, 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 a GPS. Uh, dongle or add-in or or connector. There's even some that um, uh, allow you know they will like via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi attach to your phone, and when you take the picture, it'll automatically download a copy of it to your device. And because it's attached to that device, it, it's a two-way connection. It gets the the geotag data from that. So the geo um, so you can I, do that. I, I, sh I should point out the real value of geotag data. Uh, uh, a number of years ago, I was in Rome. And I did a walking tour of Rome, and just by looking uh, at the map of of the city of Rome and having it uh, show the pictures that I took in that area that, that's exposed on the screen, it mm -hmm. has little photos, little images at different locations uh, of the city, and you can actually see where I walked. You know what what the route was. And if you look mm -hmm. at the tag of the picture, you can, well, you can see the, the route, but you can't tell the direction unless you look at the time. And you can then look at the time hacks on the, some of those photos, and you'll see the progr time progressing as yeah. I was moving along. And so it's kind of an interesting thing. It, it, it lets mm -hmm. you uh, see where things are relative to each other and and where in, in Rome ex that exact uh, image was taken. Now, right. of course, it doesn't tell you the orientation you had of the camera at the time. From there, you can – it's somewhere within 360 degrees of that spot. But uh, Right. So uh, yeah. it would be nice if they had the angle as well. So at some yeah, point facing north or facing cameras. whatever. Right. right. And quite honestly, they've got the, 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 the chips and capability to do that stuff with uh, – with the uh, the phone and how, you know and they can tell you which way the phone was oriented. They just aren't adding that to the uh, EXIF data at this point. Um, right, but I, I don't they, think there's you know it's just more storage, you know. Right. Yeah. But, the thing about that anyway. is is it's an extensible format too, so they can put more and more stuff into that that uh, uh, data if they wanted to. So they can add in you know direction facing and that kind of stuff, uh, which is kind of cool. Right. It is. It's really neat, and and it's amazing if somebody's never seen that uh, a, a map image with photos scattered throughout it and see, you know, what you were actually doing. 
Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, I, I can step back and look at the entire country tour over a week and see where we were traveling to because I'd take pictures on the road as, as we'd go along, sure. you know, just different sites yeah. that I thought were interesting. Well, you know, if and, you're walking uh, around a city or something like that, all you have to turn in, turn on, on if you have an Apple Watch, you can turn on outside walk, and it will then map your walk for you as well. I mean, you won't have the photos attached to it, but you can see where you walked, and it'll lay it down on a map and tell you at what pace and what your average rate was and, you know, what your average heart rate was that. during the walk. Yeah. So you can huh. you can map your walk by using your phone and what and your watch, that? your watch. Um, it's oh. one. Of, it's the exercise app on the on the um, on the the phone. It's um, let me see if I can find the the name of it. It's um, let me get to it here. Walk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a little. The icon is a little green stick man running. And it's called workout. Yeah. And and they have oh. indoor walks if you're walking on a treadmill. They have outdoor walks. Um, and in fact, they added a thing called time to walk, and you can actually walk with a uh, uh, celebrity. They they went to a bunch of different celebrities and said, "Take a walk, and we're going to put a mic on you. And while you're walking, just talk with somebody. Take a friend with you, and we'll record everything you say, so that while you're walking." Um, and I think they kind of scripted little bits of it to like add encouragement and things like that. So you want to take a 20 minute walk with somebody. Um, I think actually one of them was Dolly Parton. So you could like take a walk with Dolly Parton, you know, and it would, and ah. she would talk and she would say, well, you know, you, you know, it's beautiful out today. And it's like, I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit and, you know, and, 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 and a whole bunch of people, you know, comedians and I don't know. Well, well, that's a cool thing to do. You want to go take a walk, go walk with somebody, listen to them chat about what's going on, you know? <laughs> kind of a cool idea. Yeah, we, but your, your your brother Tobin, being a runner, has an app that he's often uh, uh, you can you can follow him while he's actually out there running. And, right, uh, Runkeeper. So it's real time GPS thing. That's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So when he's in a competition, he broadcasts that out so that you can go and uh, if you have his his credentials, he doesn't. I don't think he usually makes it public, but if you have his credentials, you can then track him in the run and see how he's doing and where he's at. And what was cool is. If you're following him, you can like click little buttons and it'll to his phone send him cheers and attaboys. So you can like yeah. watch and if he looks like he's slowing down or hitting an area where there's a hill or something, you can give him a couple attaboys and let him know, "Hey, we're watching you. Keep going. You you've got this," you know? Which uh yeah. it's really kind of cool the technology. Um yep. but yeah, the the whole mapping the thing on the iPhone is actually pretty cool cuz you can um, in fact, you know, there's a whole meme online where people do that. They they will like map their walk, and what they do is they intentionally walk in certain shapes so that when they um, so that when you see the map, they'll post the map online and they've drawn something by walking a certain you know direction yeah. and stuff. So they're drawing pictures by where they walk, and then they'll post <laughs> the pictures. So like, I saw one guy. You know, it's yeah, like well, there was one guy who was trying street. to map a walk, who was mapping a walk, and he was basically trying to draw each of the 50 states. So, yeah, and I, I don't know where he's doing it, if he gets out in a large open area and does it, or if he just, you know, is, is going through city. Some of it looks like it's through some city areas because things are kind of squared off versions, you know. They look kind of pixelated <laughs> versions of certain states. Right. But, uh, you know, and some of these were like 12-mile walks. I mean, he was doing a long walk to get all the shapes to, you know, like doing Florida. You know, it's not a nice square, you know, so so it's a little more work uh, drawing Florida yeah. than it is, say, you know, Kansas or Pennsylvania. 
Uh, yeah, that'd be but, that'd be tough to get it very accurate. But yeah, you, you, but I thought it was a cool idea, you know. Ultimately, you need to reduce it to so many steps in this direction, and then so many steps at this direction. So you need a compass to to guide yeah. you around the yeah. perimeter. Well, I'm sure what he did is he pulled out a map and he drew out the walk that he wanted to walk, and then he just went out and walked it, right? Um, but uh, right. Uh, yeah. You know, and and you you draw it as close as you can based on where you're allowed to walk, and uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, his his walk was 50 states in 50 days, and it, you know, it was during COVID, so you couldn't go out. Yeah. <laughs> he said I couldn't fly to 50 states, so I did it my way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, yep, it is. Yeah. So, hey, uh, you know, a while back we were um, talking about the new uh, thread radios that are in the um, in the Apple HomePod minis and the fact that yes. Apple is now signed on to the thread consortium and they're using thread radios. Um, they're supporting thread as a means of communication for smart home stuff. And I did a deep dive on that stuff. And I had actually previously, uh, before we even talked about it, kind of gotten into it a little bit in that uh, the company called Eve makes a bunch of home um, uh, smart home devices and they're European so they have a lot of you know things that are run off of European power and not always available here but they also support the US and um, I have a HomePod mini here in my shack out back and I have a door sensor on my door that runs off of a little battery and that's a thread radio so I have one well they just pushed out a um, uh, last week a firmware upgrade to the thread aqua which is the the uh, uh a switch that turns on and off your faucet so you can have an outdoor spigot and have a sprinkler attached to it and then you can use yeah, that's a, uh that's only, apple home only 99 only 99 so that you can avoid walking out and turning on the spigot yourself okay well it's it's it yeah but but here's the thing do you remember to go and turn on the spigot, and then do you remember to turn it off? How often have you turned it on and then come back and there's water running down the street because you left it on too long? Or, hey, you forgot a day, and in Southern California it's 110 degrees and everything just died because you skipped one day. Um, yeah. You know, that happens. I got, I, and, I got that. That would make some sense. But then they talk about put that switch thing you talked about. Those were 40 bucks a piece. And, you know, if you go in and out of the door, I, that makes sense. But to suggest that you put it on a window that you hardly ever open is nonsense. Well, yeah. what it is, it's it's that's not an inexp that's not an expensive amount for uh, a component in a home security system, and that's really what that is. You know, if you live in an area where you're afraid somebody's going to sneak into your window uh, at night, that kind of makes sense because you can set it up so that it you know sounds an alarm or creates a buzzer or turns on lights all over the house. Um, there's lots of things. There's reasons that these things might be used, and each person has a different situation than perhaps you have. So I'm not going to knock them for selling a $30 sensor because, uh, you know, it's a well-made sensor and it does what it's supposed to do. You know, I've got a little shack with a bunch of computers in it. I want to know if somebody's out there, um, and it isn't me. <laughs> um, but the reason I was talking about all this stuff, because I think we've already talked about most of that stuff, is tomorrow... They are supposed to release the U.S. version of the Eve Energy. And what that is, is just a smart plug. You plug it in, and then you plug in a device to that to control a lamp or a whatever. Anything electrical, you can plug in, and now you can turn it on and off. It also tracks the amount of energy that's going through that plug. 
so you can find out if if you know that that fan that you turn on automatically or that uh, you know whatever that light is efficient or not you know and uh, yeah. and there's lots and lots and lots of other smart plugs out there that you can get for fairly cheap and this one I think they're going to sell again I think it's probably going to be 30 or 40 dollars which is at the high end of those kinds of things but it's the first one yeah. sold in America that uses the thread radio which again just builds out on that mesh network and makes everything more reliable yeah yeah well I, I, I'm an absolute fan of these things and, and, and data collection and the kinds of things you can do with them are, are kind of phenomenal but when it yeah. comes to physical security, you really need to understand the physical principles where you can do a lot of these things with one type of sensor. For example, uh, in a house, a glass break sensor, I haven't seen one of those, has more sense than uh, somebody sliding a window open to get in. They, that's not the way they're going to do it. Okay? so I disagree. I think sometimes know, they slide the window open. Now, granted, well, because if you, you do one, then you defeat you know? the other. If I if I peek in the window and see a sensor on it attached on the inside, then yeah, you probably break it instead. Um, but there are there are glass break sensors as well. But there are people who but, are burglars look, I, who don't want to make a lot of noise. You know, the, but, the sound of glass minute, shattering just, in the in the, in the dead of night just, is. Well, just just a minute, the the glass break sensor actually senses every glass in that entire room or even in an adjacent room okay then there are other sensors that are are general area sensors that far exceed these specific movement sensors that are also useful uh the camera is an obvious one very cheap you know you everybody should have camera in their home if you want to use that for security uh and also infrared cameras so that uh, the body's warm if there's a body moving around, you know, an infrared sensor is going to get it day or night. Yeah, I will tell so, you that almost every security camera that's sold today is also infrared. And yeah. in fact, most of yeah, them also I, have, they also have infrared illuminators around them so that they not only sense it, but they can actually get video in a dark room. Yeah, so I'm just adding to people's knowledge here. Right. Of when you start talking about sensors, that you need to be smart about what you're doing and how much the cost is. Right. I'm not uh, trying to say that put a sensor on every window is the right thing to do. I'm just saying that there are instances where that could be used. I wasn't saying that that was, in and of itself, a security system, because it's not. You're absolutely right. No, no. And that's exactly my point. And and the cost does really matter when you talk about making a security system secure, because you, you want to do it as efficiently as you can. And that takes some understanding of of the phenomena that are used for detection purposes like i said the camera infrared cameras is a invaluable kind of sensor i mean and it shouldn't cost very much cameras are cheap these days yeah no in fact most most of those cameras that you buy not only are they infrared already but they also have within the video uh, you can designate the space that you want to use as the trigger. So, like, I get a camera that's a wide-angle camera because I want a wide view of the outside, you know, for security purposes, right? I want to see people coming up to my door or something like that. Um, right. But I can then I can then designate an area that only includes the, you know, the, the perimeter of my yard and not the street beyond or the neighbor's yard. So if somebody's walking over there, I don't want that triggering my my, hey, somebody's inside your zone. Right. So you can actually draw on the camera image 
the space that is actually going to be then uh, monitored for motion. And in fact, almost all of these now have a built-in AI chip that not only monitor motion, but they will tell you it's a person or it's an animal. And so you can get that. The other day, I had a camera notify me that there was it was like 1130 at night, and there's an animal out by my shack. And I pull up the video, and there's a kitty cat walking right by. And I had the video of this cat yep. walking by. Like, Aha. All right. Well, ha- He's on well, the prowl, keeping the, down the varmints. Having, ha- having been the physical security manager for nuclear weapons, I have a little yeah. bit of extra expertise about different sensors and what they do. Sure. And I don't know. I, I, I'm sure it's coming if it's not already out there. And that is something that at the time I worked with it, we called it leaky cable. And those are cables that you bury in, in the ground that can tell you a whole lot about moisture. They basically measure bulk of water. And if yeah. it's raining... And, and what are people you, and animals made out of? <laughs> Lots of that's water. That's right. Lots of water. So mm-hmm. there's something that the, that the sneaky people think they're sneaking by, and there's no way you know exactly. In fact, you can determine how much they weigh in water. Right. By, how, by, by what you sense. And, I suspect and so it's a that, that those... Sensor. I suspect those kind of sensors are maybe used in commercial settings. For most people's homes, that is probably more expensive just because you have to go out and bury cable. And so it's much easier to sell something you can stick on a wall and have it look out at the space. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The installation well, costs are very high on something like that, comparatively by, speaking. By, by the way, that's, that's why I always told the guys that made this stuff that buried is, is not an essential feature. Right. Okay. Yeah, run it they along the fence or something. Cable because that's that's the, how they applied it. However, what I, what I'm talking about is generally applicable. And right. So it's it's a it's a phenomenal sensor. Just don't get hung up on the buried part. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean you can stretch yeah. it around a perimeter, just like you have those uh, perimeter. Um, uh, uh, what do they call them? The um, uh, electrified wires that people use to keep cattle in the in a in a pen or or to keep dogs from right. digging out of a yard. It's just a wire. You can run that wire anywhere yeah. you want, right? Um, in any so, way you so want. So the uh, so the unwary thief doesn't understand how sophisticated sensors are these days. And what I'm right. telling you is that you can build uh, phenomenal physical security systems that tell you more information. Uh, that can be analyzed so cheaply now that you can attach them to things like phones and whatever that mm-hmm. uh, ev- just about any place you want to secure, you can make immensely secure with alarms. Uh, all these physical security companies that are out there, they're selling you the cheap, obvious stuff that people think they have to have for physical security. And I'm telling you, they won't be in business 10 years from now because somebody's going to start advertising these more more capable systems for a lot less money yeah i just assure you yeah well i mean the 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 you know it's again a lot of at times it's not necessarily just the um the cost of the actual device or sensor it's the cost of installing it and how you're going to set it up right and and what's the That's you know the, the cost value right. against that? That's why even though they're more expensive, um, people there are people who will buy complete wireless cameras just because you don't have to even run wires and stuff. You know you can plug it in, and that does mean that you have to you know charge them up every so often. 
Um, I have some cameras through um, uh, the subsidiary of Anchor um, uh, called Eufy that are battery. And once every six months, you have to pull down the thing and and charge it for for a couple hours, and then you stick it back up. It's it's astounding how little energy those cameras use, you know. And they have a little sensor on there that, that triggers them to come on, so they're not, like, on all the time. But anytime you go to online look at it, it pops it on and lets you see what's there. And it's it, it's really amazing technology. Um, well, it's it's amazing because that's the same technology that's used in your iPhone. Battery yeah. powered, lasts a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah. chips are so small these days that they just don't need much energy energy to do some remarkable yeah uh, processing. Yeah, so, most of that camera is weather sealing and a battery. <laughs> the camera right. itself, you know, and some there's like the camera itself, some LED lights to illuminate at night for the infrared, and and a, probably a small chip that also does that little bit of that processing to tell you if you're seeing, you know, if the motion is identified as a human versus a an animal versus just any motion, uh, and, yeah, and, and you have and the and options and you can configure that. And I'll sum it up by saying that the very first thing you use to introduce this segment, talking about the network. Uh, is the key element to bring all of this together now. You can yeah. have marvelous little sensors, you can have marvelous processing, but now that network uh, part of it is out there, and uh, a few big companies are are uh, making it available, so it's going to be tough to compete with, with what they're going to be able to do with this. But you're going to start seeing some really neat stuff because you can put sensors where you need them. Now, now the only issue, and why I was a bit, bit critical of the sensor pricing on the front end, is you you got to show uh, look for people who will sell you this uh, technology as a package at, a, at an affordable price. And, and first of all, there, there needs to be a little bit of education. I could probably put down on a single piece of paper or maybe a couple pieces uh, all of the things you want to look for in us in building and designing your own security system. What is more effective than other things like mm-hmm. these area sensors versus the specific yeah. uh, movement or things like that? And and, and and I say effective in terms of cost. You know, there's some right. things you can do that cost you a lot less than other things, and that's what's important: is how to sure. utilize the the most efficient. Right. Well, and, and as we were saying, I mean, the cameras are phenomenally useful for any kind of uh, uh, motion and video sensing, and and, uh, and they're really, really cheap right now. I mean, you can get, you yep. can spend more money if you want to, especially the, the outdoor ones, you know, because they're weather sealed and designed. And like the one I mentioned, the Eufy one, you know, it's, it's also completely wireless with a battery, so you don't have to run any cables and stuff. So it's going to be more expensive than just the, uh, the, you know, basic camera. But I mean, talking about that, even that company, Eufy makes a, a, uh, it's not a 4K, it's a 2K camera, which is incredibly sharp for a, um, uh, a little security camera that they sell for 39 bucks, you know? And it's yep. and if you want to pay twenty bucks more, sixty nine bucks or forty fifty nine bucks, sixty dollars, you can get one that has pan and tilt capabilities. So it's got a little motor in it, and it pans and tilts, and and you know two K video that shows daytime and nighttime, and identifies uh, the movement for you based on you know whether it, they think it's a human or an animal. Um, and then because it's tied into HomeKit, you can have it turn on lights or or sound an alarm or play a sound. Anytime it 
thinks, you know, and you can set it to do it only in certain hours. So, you know, at nighttime, do this during the day, do that. You know, it's absolutely right. amazing the stuff you can do and you can sort of build it yeah. all piecemeal from different manufacturers if you want. But I'm excited about the, my experience has been with all of the smart home stuff. And I started way before there was home kit things and I've upgraded and played with stuff over the years. The idea that the, that of, of uh, standardizing on this thread protocol for them all to communicate will solve one of the biggest problems because almost all of these smart homes have an issue with dropout. Something's working and then you go to do it and it says, I can't communicate with it right now for some reason, you know, and then you refresh and then it'll say, okay, well now it's back. And thread solves that problem because everything is connected. And, uh, um, and I'm happy to say that, you know, this one particular company, Eve is, seems to be one of the first ones that's starting to make parts and pieces that are, uh, reliant on thread that use that as the underlying communication backbone. And I'm real happy to see that. And I know there was some people who were a little initially uh, worried about thread because it was something that Google supported, but it's an open IEEE standard. Apple now supports it as well. It's um, And there's a bunch of other companies behind it. This is not a Google idea that somehow Google's now going to have access to all your information just because you're using a thread radio. That's not the case. And so, yeah. um, you know people shouldn't worry about that if they're concerned about security well there is a, a big thing that comes with the uh, security and that is uh, uh, or excuse me that comes with uh, safety uh, and detection systems and that is the security is important the uh, the network security mm-hmm. and uh, so you got to go with trusted companies when it comes to what ties it all together so yeah uh, you know the as time moves on so the thieves get smarter and smarter and try to figure out how do you defeat it and you know and if you can come in and and uh, somehow disrupt the thread system you know and, and there's going to be people try to do that and they're going to mm-hmm. figure out you know in some cases ways to to get into your system because if you start putting cameras inside your house do you really want people looking at you using your cameras you know (laughs) stuff can be perverted yeah well and that's the thing that's you know you want to make sure that it's secure quite honestly that's why um uh, over time i have i have switched almost all of my smart home stuff to um to stuff that works with HomeKit because the HomeKit things are uh, encrypted point to point and uh, are just more secure because of it and are less likely to be hacked into. Um, Something that I had been reading about and thought about this is I know that there are only two routers out there who do it. But, um, but if you buy the, um, the uh, uh, Linksys, has a router and Nest has a router, which is a Google company, that are also tied into HomeKit. And um, that means that it, one of the support things that Apple has put into HomeKit is that if you use a, a uh, HomeKit-enabled router, that it will actually uh, monitor com- uh, the connectivity. And if you have a device that seems to be phoning home uh, in ways that it shouldn't, or talking across the network in ways that seem inappropriate, they will flag that, let you know, and block it. And then you can then decide whether or not that's something you want to continue to trust. Because, you know, say you buy a camera from from some company and then you attach it to your 
HomeKit enabled router and you find out that uh, that that thing keeps sending video out somewhere and you don't know it. You don't know where that is. I'm not sure I trust that camera anymore in my, you know, you know, and I mean, if you're smart, it's not like you're putting cameras in, in bedrooms and bathrooms. That's probably an inappropriate thing anyway. Uh, but, you know, pointing a, a camera at external doors is probably not a bad idea. Like you said, from the outside or the inside, uh, um, yeah. that's a, a, a reasonable way to monitor that space. Right. Uh, yep. but either way, do you really want video from your camera being sent out somewhere that you don't know where it is? And, you know, there, I, I kind of put my trust in Apple's, Apple's decision to use, uh, you know, HomeKit as sort of the, the, um, protocol through which everything is fed. And that way then you can kind of control what is and isn't going back and forth across your network. Yeah. So, well, and I currently I do not have, e I cur yeah, I was going to say, I currently don't have either of those routers, and I don't think I would buy the Nest router just because it's a Google thing. I just don't trust them as a company to not track everything that I do through every device that they own. So that means I would have to buy the Linksys one. And I've read about it. It's well regarded, but it's not one of the top top ones. I currently use one that was, at least when I got it, uh, and it is a, it's, a, it's a mesh router, was ranked the fastest. Uh, and so yeah. really high speed. Uh, which is what I was trying to get. But anyway, as you said, uh, more thread stuff to come. There'll be more thread stuff out there as more and more companies get on board with it. I see this one here called the Farm Jenny Field Receiver. And uh, it's actually set up, it's a, it's a device set up for um, um, uh, covering a pasture and, and, and a barn. And it's a thread router, so it allows you to set up sensors out um in your farm. So say you wanted to have a sensor to know if somebody had opened up the, uh, the, uh, uh, the gate to a pasture or something, or if it was left open, um, you know, yeah. you can have a sensor on it and this thing then perpetuates the mesh network out into a field, which is pretty cool. So it's a fully outdoor, yeah. it's a solar driven, uh, standalone device that you just, you know, put on a post out in the, out, out in the field somewhere or next to a fence. And, uh, and it, allows you to to have sensors and cameras and things out there if you need them so it doesn't have yep. to just be in your house you can do it to monitor outdoor spaces as well even if they're out away well, from your main facility you know one of the uh, one of the applications of a lot of this stuff that i think about is that having grown up on a farm uh apple uh, animal rustl rustlers are not a thing of the past. Uh, happens all the time. You got a yeah. cow out there that's worth thousand dollars, you know, and somebody runs off with your cow. Yeah, backs up a trailer and that. and spirits your cow away. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. that's the livelihood of a farmer, right, or a rancher. Yeah, and uh, and it's not always just against the uh, uh, human beings. Uh, you got wild animals out there who do nasty things that you want to know about too. That uh, that you want mm -hmm. to detect. So it's a it's a pretty complex issue. And yeah, so yeah. You don't uh, have to come out with a shotgun to to chase the the fox away from the chick, chicken coop, right? Um, that's right. <laughs> sensor can say, "Hey, there's something outside the chicken coop," and it turns on all the floodlights and scares the animal away. And if you know, and that gives you a little more time to come running out and get the booger. Yep. You know, There's chase all, chase all them kinds away of if things not. You gotta pr protect more. your property, you know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, technology is kind of cool in lots of different ways that you know, 
the average city folk wouldn't even understand because we don't live in that environment. But uh, yeah, we'll have more to talk about it. I was uh, I know you wanted to get going here because it's gotten late in the afternoon there. So um, thanks for joining us again on another episode of Generation Tech. I know we started out on some sort of non-tech stuff, but we eventually got around to technology as we usually do. So uh, we appreciate you joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Jack Brinker. Good, good being a part of it today. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hope you all have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye.